0: Turn with us tonight, if you would, to the book of Jonah, Jonah chapter number one. And I know this is a familiar text that we're going to go to tonight. Uh, everyone in here will know uh, the scripture that we're going to read, but it's what's on my heart. And so I feel like uh, God knows what we need and when we need it. Amen. Wasn't that a great song, God? It's good. I I, I thought I've heard that song a few times just recently. And uh, I thought about life. That part of that song says life when it doesn't always go the way that we wished it would. God is still good. Amen. Uh, through it all, He's still faithful. And I appreciate the good singing every night. If you're able to stand with us, Jonah chapter number 1. We'll read the early verses of this chapter and have prayer. And I know that you're familiar with it. And then you can be seated. Jonah chapter number 1. And we'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible said, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with him unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down in the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you for what we've already felt here tonight. Lord, how we've just been reminded of your goodness in our life. Lord, we're thankful that you're good to sinners like us. And I pray tonight that You'll bless the reading of Thy Word. I ask You, Lord, to do the work that only the Holy Spirit can do in all of our hearts. Help us to be receptive. Help us to receive with meekness the engrafted Word. And, God, I pray that we'd be sensitive to do whatever You speak to our heart about doing tonight. And we'll thank You for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I know that you're familiar with the book of Jonah. and You're certainly familiar with the story in the life of Jonah. And if you and I are not careful, sometimes when we read this book, because this is what Jonah does, he rebels against God. And if we're not careful, sometimes we see Jonah just as a rebel, uh, because that's what he portrays in the book of Jonah. But I want to remind you that Jonah was a man that he loved his creator. God loved Jonah, and Jonah loved God. And Jonah loved his country. He loved the, the nation of Israel, God's people. Uh, the reason that God, uh, Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh is because he knew God was a merciful God. And that if they repented, uh, then God would grant them mercy. And Jonah did not want to see Nineveh have mercy because of all the wickedness and evil that they had done to their country, I can understand that tonight. If they had reaped that kind of wickedness upon our people and upon our nation, I'm sure that you and I would have the same struggle that Jonah had. And so, Jonah loved his Creator. He loved his country. Uh, Jonah loved his calling. Uh, listen, Jonah had been called by God, called commissioned by God to preach the gospel or the the, the prophecy that God had laid upon his heart. And he had obeyed God. We can go back to the book of Kings and see that. And he had been faithful to the calling that God had placed upon his life. So I want you to just see tonight uh, that Jonah is not just a rebel. Jonah does love the Lord. But when we come to this text tonight, Jonah can be seen in three aspects. In verse number 1 and 2, Jonah can be seen as a servant. Because the Word of the Lord comes unto Jonah the son of Amittai. He is seen in verse number 1 and 2 as the servant of God. Then in verse number 3 and 4, Jonah is seen as a sailor. He goes and he gets on this ship and he flees unto Tarshish from the presence of God. I would stop and say he wasn't a very good sailor. Amen? Uh, But he was a sailor. He was more of a drifter, I reckon, than a a sailor. Uh, But we see him as a sailor. He is sailing his boat. uh, And I want to tell you, friend, I don't want to be out on live sea, selling my own boat. Amen? And so Jonah is seen as a servant. Then he is seen as a sailor. But I want to draw your attention to verse 5 and 6 tonight, because in these two verses, Jonah is seen as a sleeper. Amen. The Bible said in the latter part of verse number 5 that he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Jonah is seen. As a sleeper. And it's interesting because the first thing that the captain of this ship, the first word that the captain of this ship uses in verse number 6 to get Jonah's attention, Is the word is the word arise? Amen. You say, Well, preacher, what's so important about that? Well, if you go back to verse number two, the first word that God used to get Jonah's attention is the word arise. Amen. Do you know what God wants us to do in this hour? He wants us to rise to the occasion. Amen. He wants us to get up out of our comfort zone. Hey, that's what revival is for me, and that's what revival is for you. It's getting us out of our little rut that we get in sometimes. It's calling us out of that comfort zone and it's challenging challenging us to do more and to be more for the cause of Christ. Amen? But Jonah is asleep in these verses. And I wonder, I read this one day. I thought, Jonah, what is it going to take to really get you awake? And I want to preach on that a few minutes tonight. What will it take to really get you awake? I read that and preacher, it stuck out to me in my own life. What's it going to take? to get me awake. What's it going to take to get you awake? What's it going to take to wake our churches up in these last days? I I want you to notice in verses 1 and 2, I want you to see the cause of his sleep here. Uh, The Bible tells us in these first three verses, rather, the cause of Jonah's sleep. Number one, is that he fled from the Word of God. Verse 1 says, Now the Word of God came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai. Do you realize how precious it is for the Word of God to come to him? And Jonah hears the Word of God, but he is fleeing from the Word of God. When verse 3 said that he, he uh, got on a ship to, to flee unto Tars- to Tarsus, he, he not only fled from the presence of God, but he did, he was fleeing from that Word. He did not like what he heard. I'm going to be honest with you. If you and I are not careful, sometimes we don't like what we hear. The man of God will get up and preach. And, and as long as he's preaching on somebody else's sin or somebody else's faults, uh, we don't mind that. too much. Uh, But when he stops by our pew, it gets real personal. Amen? Uh, Don't flee from the Word of God. And Jonah is seen here. The first step of him going to sleep spiritually is that he fled from the Word of God. And then in verse number 2, he fled from the will of God. Amen? You know, if you want to know the the will of God, you'll find it in the Word of God. I don't have confidence in people and a a preacher, and I'm sure you don't either, that tells me, well, I just feel like this is God's will. You better have more than a feeling tonight. The will of God has to be anchored in His Word. Amen. Uh, Feelings can be deceptive. Uh, You say, well, how do you know that, preacher? Because there's days I've got up and I didn't feel like I saved. Amen. Have you ever got up and just didn't feel saved? But that didn't mean I wasn't saved. Amen. I could go back to the Word of God and find my assurance. Uh, But Jonah does not want to do the will of God. And he's going to sleep spiritually. Uh, Long before we get to verse number 6, he is digressing uh, and he is falling asleep. He's fleeing from the Word of God. He is fleeing from the will of God. This is what is causing him to go to sleep. You see, nobody just gets up one day and says, you know, I think I'll quit church. I'll just, I'm just done. There may be, uh, there may be a few exceptions to that rule, but that's not normally how that happens. You see, the devil rocks you to sleep a little at a time. He gets you to where you no longer hear the preaching, like you're not as sensitive, you're not as tuned in as you used to be. You're not as concerned about what does God want out of my life. What's God's will for my life? You're kind of not. You're not. You're not as sensitive in seeking that like you once did. And Jonah is going to sleep. He's fleeing from the word of God in verse one. Fleeing from the will of God in verse two. He's fleeing from the very witness of God in verse number three. He gets on this ship to flee unto Tarshish, and the Bible makes it clear from the presence of the Lord. Now Jonah knows he can't go anywhere that God isn't already. I mean, I think if you ask Jonah, do you believe that God is omnipresent? Jonah would say, Well, yes, I do. So Jonah, you're gonna get on this ship and you're gonna to go to Tarsus. So if you when you get to Tarsus, you have to know God is going to be there. Jonah knew that. You said, Well, why did he why did he get on that ship? I'll tell you why. He wanted to get as far away from the place that God had called him, the very spot that God had dealt with him about, and the very thing that God had dealt with him about. He wanted to go. Going the opposite direction that Nineveh was. Jonah just felt like if I could just get as far away from where God spoke to me and where God has called me, I'll be better off. You know, that's what happens to people sometimes. They come to the church. They join this church. I'm sure you've probably witnessed this. Their life is in shambles. Things are Fallen apart. Maybe they're not even saved. And, and God uses this church. He uses your pastor, his wife, to, to be a help to that family. And you see them get right with God. You see God do things in their life. And, and listen, they're growing and God is blessing them. But somewhere along the way, they drift. They go to sleep. And we all have the testimonies, the stories, don't we, tonight? Of people that used to sit in these pews just like in my church. And when they leave, they have a thousand reasons why they leave, but it never really is the real reason why they leave. They'll say it's this for this reason or for that reason. They'll even blame people. Amen. I don't know why they blame the preacher, but you know they blame everybody else. You know, No, I know they will blame the preacher when they leave, and you do too. But we know that's not the real reason. Amen. The real reason is they went to sleep spiritually, and what happened is they're wanting to get as far away from that place where God spoke to them and blessed them and helped them. They want to go in the opposite direction. The cause of his sleep. Then the condition of his sleep. I want you to see in verse 4-5 how deep of a sleep Jonah's in. You say, what do you mean, preacher? Well, I noticed in verse number 4 that while Jonah is sleeping, the sea was disturbed. The Bible said in verse number 4 that the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. And the Bible said "him there was a mighty tempest in the sea. The sea is being disturbed here in verse number 4. A mighty tempest. The Lord sends this wind out and it's rocking these waves and it's pushing the waves around. You see, when people get away from God, that's the first thing that happens. Rough waters begins to come in their life. Uh, things, as I said last night, they don't get better when you get out of church. Uh, the waters around you only get worse. Uh, uh, bills don't get better when you get out of church. You know, listen, you don't do better financially. It's funny, I talked to somebody just a while back and they told me they're out of the will of God and they said, you know, it doesn't matter how much money I make, I just can't get ahead. It's like their bags have holes in it. And the money's just going through. You know, on the other side of that, you may not have two nickels rubbed together, but somehow God always pays your bills. He always puts food on your table. You know what that is? That's the blessings of God. And Jonah has went to sleep, and he's so he's sleeping so hard that the waves around him, the circumstances around him, are changing, and he's not even aware of it. You know, I've seen people in church go to sleep spiritually, and things happen around them, and you would almost think it would wake them up, preacher. That this is surely going to get their attention. This is going to get that mom and dad on the altar. This is going to get those grandparents on the altar. This is going to get that 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 teenager on the altar. the the, the water around them are being stirred. But they're still asleep. I see, not only was the sea disturbed, but the ship was disturbed. Look at verse number 4. So that the ship was like to be broken. I mean, these are big waves. These waves are so big. They're, they're having their way with this ship. They're tossing this ship back and forth. If you've ever been out on a boat and the waves get to, get to rolling and, and get to, get rough, uh, you'll see that boat, everything on that boat will start sliding around and start moving. Uh, and you don't have to have somebody announce it. You'll know it gets everybody's attention. I don't know how Jonah is managing to sleep through all of this, but you know what? This boat is now, these waters have got so rough that they're tossing this boat all around, but Jonah is still asleep. He's sleeping through this. Uh, You know, sometimes even in a church, uh, and listen, the church can go through hard times. uh, And you know what the church needs in hard times like that? We need some sleepy saints to wake up and help us through those difficult times. Uh, You see what Jonah is? He's just dead weight on board. Amen? I mean, I'm glad he's still on this ship, preacher. It's a whole lot better than being out there in the sea, but the, the fact of the matter is, he's not doing anything to contribute to the situation. He's not being a benefit, and encouragement to none of the others that are on board. He's just sleeping through the process. Hey, let's face it. We can't have revival with the Sunday morning crowd. And I love the Sunday morning crowd. I learned a long time ago I can fuss them out all the time and I don't. Just sometimes. But I can fuss them out every Sunday they'll quit coming. Or I can just preach to them and hope they'll get right and start coming on Sunday night and Wednesday night and revival nights. And I love the Sunday morning crowd. I wish they'd come on Sunday nights. You've heard the old saying, those that come on Sunday morning, uh, they love the, the preacher. Those that come Sunday night love the church. With them, them come back on Wednesday night revival, they love the Lord. Amen? And that's just the way it is. But the Sunday morning crowd, we all have them in our churches. We, we do thank God for them. But, and I know there can be circumstances, but at the same time, let's just face the fact, you can't build a church on a Sunday morning crowd. You can't keep a church. They got to, you. Got to be all in, don't you? You can't come in on Sunday morning and sleep through the eleven o'clock hour. That can't be the church that. That's not the backbone of the church tonight. I see that he was sleeping while the ship was being disturbed. The sea was disturbed. He was asleep while the sailors were disturbed. Look at verse number five. The Bible says, "Then the mariners were afraid." I'm going to tell you when you make sailors nervous. That's a big storm. When sailors not only get nervous, but look at the next phrase the Bible said. They cried every man unto their God. When you get a sailor to pray, you better start praying. Amen? Because you're in a real storm. You know what sailors are known for and it's not their prayer life. Amen? I want to tell you, these sailors turned to their God. They were false gods, but it was the only God that they knew. And so they're praying to their gods. And you know what Jonah is doing? It's a sad commentary in verse number 5 that when sinners are more concerned about the situation that's going on around than the one that's saved and that's called of God on board. You know, that's where we're at sometimes in this society. I mean, I was standing in a line a few weeks ago, or it's probably been a few months ago now, uh, whenever all this came on, uh, the virus and everything. In fact, it was probably last year, the way time just slips away. And I was standing in line and there was uh, there was someone standing here next to me, and then there was uh, another man standing back there, and this lady spoke up, and she said, boy, I sure am worried about, about What's happening in our country today? I was standing there paying for something. I said, Yes, ma'am, I am too. And there was this old boy standing behind us, and I mean he looked like I mean he, he looked like Charles Manson. It's the only way I can describe him. I mean, he looked like somebody who just cut your throat. And I mean, he, he was pretty scary looking. And uh, we're standing there, and she said, "I'm really concerned about." She said, "I just don't know what 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 this world's coming to." And a boy spoke up. He said, "I'll tell you what's happening." And I thought, "I bet he really knows." But you know, he had it right. He said, "This world's coming to an end." What's happening? He said, "And Jesus is coming." I looked at him. I thought he don't look like he knows the Jesus I know. But he told the truth, didn't he? I mean, he probably as big of a sinner as you'll ever see. Uh, uh, listen, then, from the looks of some of his groceries, I, I'm quite certain he didn't know Jesus. Amen? But I'll tell you one thing. Uh, the world is not fooled by what's going on around us tonight. The world knows that things that are happening uh, around this world uh, are just setting the stage for the final end. Amen? And we know in reality the world is not coming to an end, but it's coming to Jesus Christ. Amen? But I want to tell you tonight. Free. It's a sad commentary in our churches. There's never been more apathy. There's never been more complacency in our churches than what we have tonight. Amen. I want to say the condition of his sleep. He slept through all of these things. The cause of his sleep. Then I want you to see the consequences of Jonah's sleep in verse number six. Say, preacher, what is the consequences of going to sleep? I would say, first of all, it's a lack of character. The shipmaster comes to him and rebukes him and says, what meanest thou, old sleep? He's given this testimony, this title, by a lost man, the captain of the ship. You know, I wonder, what, how does the world view us tonight? It doesn't really matter what I tell the world I am. What really matters is what they say. I'm not against this. I, I'm not against having a, a tag on your car. I think that's a good thing. Uh, maybe a verse of Scripture or something advertising in your church. Uh, I'm not against somebody having a t-shirt on uh, that has a verse of Scripture. But I want to say tonight, it's going to take more than that to get the world's attention tonight. They look deeper at that. They look at our lives. They look at how we live. They look at, at our, our commitment to God. They're viewing us and they're watching us and, and they know what does the world think of us tonight? What do they think of us? I was eating lunch with a, a member this week. Matter of fact, it was yesterday. And uh, he's just sharing some burdens with me. And a man that he knew walked up, and when he walked up, preacher, he said some things that he didn't know I was a preacher. But he said some things that wasn't very, very good to be speaking, not very good language. And him and this man, they talked a few minutes and then he got ready to leave. And, and uh, uh, this, this gentleman I was talking to had some burdens and, he, and this man obviously knew about those burdens. And when he walked off, he said something that I thought was quite strange after the thing he just said. He said, well, I'll be sure to pray for you. And I thought to myself, that's the world we're living in. Friend, there ought to be a difference about us I don't know if that man's saved. I don't know if how, what his, his life is like if he knows the Lord. But I don't know, know this much that when you live a Christian life and you live like a Christian, the world takes note of that. They see Christ in us. And this sinner, the lack of character, this was an opportunity for Jonah to be a true servant of God, but instead of a servant, he sees him as a sleeper. I want to say not only a lack of character, but a lack of communication. He said, "Arise, call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us." You know the the real the tragedy in this text is that Jonah's got himself in a place now that he doesn't feel like he can pray. If you go back, if you go back going over to chapter two, it starts off then Jonah prayed. You to circle that word then, and don't let it ever come to that place in your life that it is said that then you pray. Don't wait till the then. Amen. Jonah is in a situation because he knows that he's brought this on himself. He knows he's brought this upon others. And so he doesn't really feel like praying is not something on his list right now. You know, prayer is the most important thing in our life as a Christian. I think a question that ought to be asked tonight is, how's your prayer life? I'm not shaming you about that. I asked myself that question tonight. How is your prayer life? What's it going to take? To get me awake when it comes to prayer. When it comes to souls tonight. Do I have a burden for somebody that needs God? I see here that the consequences of the lack of character. It is a lack of communication. And Then I have to say this. It's a lack of concern. Even the shipmaster realizes it. He says, arise, call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And so many words he is saying to Jonah, Jonah, wake up. Pray. We're having a prayer meeting over here. We're praying to our gods. You pray to your God. Do you not even care that we perish? Every time I read that verse, I ask myself that question. How much do I care for souls? How burdened am I for sinners? No, the last time I was here at this church, the pastor gave me an idea that y'all do that I went back to our church and we did it, the track with the rubber bands and the, you know, I don't know how much easier it would get. I mean, to make things available just to, to give out tracks, you know, if you go have an organized visitation program, that's fine. That's wonderful. I think that's good, but that's a way that it fits your schedule anywhere you're at, no matter who you are if you're a member of this church, you don't you don't have an excuse to not give the gospel out. You don't have a reason not to tell somebody about Jesus. Amen? I know that COVID is taking place and I know that things were living in a different world than we were two years ago. But you might even be here and say, well preacher, I, I'm not very good at communication. I'm not very good at, at talking to somebody. But it doesn't cost anything just to hand a track to somebody or just put a track in a gas pump or, or go somewhere and do something. Just a pass The matter is, are we concerned tonight? Are we concerned? How is our burden? You see, if I could stop Jonah in verse number one, this is what I would say to Jonah in these verses. I would say, Jonah, don't get on that boat. Jonah, before you go, this is what I want you to know, Jonah. I want you to know in verse number one how precious it is to hear the Word of God. You see, tonight, it might, what it may take to wake us all up is to be reminded how precious it is to hear God's word. Realize what a what a privilege it is to come and hear preaching and and sit under the word of God. I would say to Jonah in verse number two, Jonah, listen, don't 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 get on that boat. Not only how precious it is to hear the word of God, but how pleasant it is to do the will of God. Tony, you, you've not only heard from God, but now God's given you something to do. And I want to tell you, there's something for everybody to do tonight. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to be an evangelist, or a Sunday school teacher. You don't have to have a title. You don't have to get a trophy. There's just something that you can do for God that He, that listen, the, the will of God is pleasant tonight. I would say to him in verse three, Jonah, don't get on that boat. I would want you to know how pricey it is to avoid the work of God. You get out of God's will and you get away from God's work, it will cost you. He paid the fare thereof. I would say to him in verse number 4, how powerful it is to face the wind of God. Well, I'll tell you, coming over here tonight, we all experienced that, didn't we? I was driving through Knoxville uh, or floating through it. one. I don't know which one I was doing. But I was coming through and you could barely see and in every direction you look. I mean, I'm telling you, the rain, the wind. You can see it coming down all across around the city and the water. And that's nothing in comparison. And God prepared this wind, the Bible said in verse number 4, just for Jonah. I don't want God to send a wind in my life. I'm going to tell you what the wind was. The wind was God's warning. The well was God's judgment. But i will going tell you, I don't even want the wind in my life. I don't want to find myself in a position that God starts blowing against me, uh, sending some things against me to try to get my attention. I would say, Jonah, don't you get on that boat. What's it going to take to wake you up, Jonah? How powerful it is to face the wind of God. And then I would say to Jonah, finally, Jonah, there's something you need to know how pitiful it is to be a waste for God. You know, Jonah did go to Nineveh. He did preach. And they had revival, didn't they? One of the greatest revivals in all the Bible. But we know how the end of his life, of the last chapter of his life. What's sad is that Jonah gets right in chapter 2. Nineveh gets right in chapter 3. But does Jonah stay right? The question I have for you tonight is this: What would God have to do? What would God have to do to get me and to get you closer to me? I'm Not preaching that tonight to scare you or threaten you or anything like that. I'm just saying tonight: What will it take to really get me awake? To to get my attention? You know, there was a man in our church a few years ago. We was he came to the altar during a revival meeting. He's a member of our church. He sings in the choir. He comes to Sunday school. His family's been in our church for years. And it was on Sunday morning we were starting revival. And this man came over here. He prayed in the altar. I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. There was some other few people who had come that morning, not a lot, but he was over here praying to himself. And, and, and so he get up and went back to his seat. And on Sunday night, he stood up and testified. I think it was halfway through the choir singing. He said, you know, I'm just tired. And he's a good, he's a good member. He said, I'm just tired of just coming and just sitting on a pew and never getting any closer to God. He said, I come here. He said, I'm tired. I do all these things that, that's expected. But he said, I really want something out of this revival. That surprised me out of him. And he never says anything harder. You know, that meeting was supposed to be a, a three, three day meeting like this. I'm gonna tell you, that old boy got a hold of God. We come in here on Monday night, and I'm telling you, he fired the place up. And when he got, he got right, they was some other people got right. And the next night, some other people got right. I'm gonna tell you, it went from a three-day meeting to a two and a half week revival meeting. And it wasn't the preacher. He really, and the evangelist did a great job, but it wasn't even the evangelist. Every time I think about that meeting, my mind goes back to that one member. That just really got on an altar. He just woke up. He just got on an altar and said, you know what? Not this week. Not this time. I'm not just going through the motions. I'm not just going to get a little bit of help. Lord, I'm going to do some business with you. And when he did, it set the church on fire. God got his attention. God got him away. What's it going to take to get you away tonight as we stand and they get us a song ready? Maybe there's some area of your life that the Lord touched on. Maybe it's... Maybe it is souls tonight. Maybe you're here tonight and you've drifted in your heart. You're not out in sin. You're not out doing a bunch of ungodly things tonight. You're still coming to church, but you know that you've, in your heart of hearts, you've just grown cold and indifferent. And God's woke you up to that tonight. Maybe it's been a long time since you've shed a tear for somebody that's going to hell. You've lost your burden. You remember a time when your prayer life or your Bible reading was more fervent than is right now. You've just grown stale. And God's woke you up tonight. What's it going to take? If the Lord deals with you, you come tonight. You obey God. She's going to play softly tonight.